what is the crack everyone b2b sports we are back been a bit of a break but we're here sam is here we're back in business back in business i don't know if we're calling this season four or a little bit of a special or if we even if we're doing episodes or seasons anymore but we're back anyway um this episode we're going to be talking cricket specifically the ashes um all five test matches have just wrapped up um we're reflecting and digesting the the madness of the past six weeks and what's happened um how would you describe this ashes series sam like it's been a madness mate it has been madness i think slightly frustrating yeah you say that i don't i don't think there's been a more exciting test series for a while also arguably since 2005 you know everyone yeah. you know there were so many similarities of, of this series to 2005 everyone said it on commentary mm. there's so many you know so many moments that were so similar and yeah. it, it was crazy like absolutely crazy it was definitely i think every day was good to watch mm-hmm. um i think the only day that wasn't particularly good to watch was the day when australia didn't lose a wicket yeah yeah and i think that was that was it that was the only boring day. So. Yeah, the way Manchester was fit. But everything up to that point was great in Manchester. Yeah. Um, that's what uh, one of the leading causes of the frustration is that, that one game was rained out because it would be nice to have had a winner. Because I think that's the thing, especially with this English style of cricket, there is always probably going to be a winner. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's hardly ever there's going to be a draw. It's always going to go think- down. As a result, I think that was like the the, the the third draw we've had in like seventeen tests or something. Yeah. Um, so that's what I like about it. You're not always getting these like two one or one nil series wins, or you're going to get results out of every game. Hopefully, a weather stays good. So, um, I think that's what makes it made it exciting. I know Manchester because it was the middle one. It kind of takes the wind out your sails, or not the middle one, second to last one. Um, especially with a comeback, and I think it would have been a comeback. I think we would. I think we were going to win that one. Yeah, we're test. in a good position. Um, but yeah, it's it's a shame, but I think it was a, a good, well fought series. Um, and we should have done better in the first two tests. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I think we we missed out on too many opportunities in those first two tests, and I think obviously we were absolutely everyone was rimming Johnny Bairstow. Mm-hmm. He did play well. His keeping in the first four tests, I think, worth it. Yeah, in the first um, first two, I think in particular, were just yeah, catches, man. And so. it wasn't wasn't his best look, uh, which is a shame because he is a good wicket keeper. Um, but I think because there are better English wicket keepers, that was the frustration. But you can't guarantee that the other keepers would do as well as him is with the bat. No. I know folks are also a good batsman, but Johnny Berso does pull out of the bag with, with his batting sometimes. Yeah. And, and he, he shows that. When he gets yeah. going, he's unreal. Um, and that's why I like, he used to open the ODI batting with uh, either like Roy or Jason, Jason Moy. Like, there's reasons he's picked for his batting because he's good at it. And he suits this basketball, mm-hmm. which I think is probably why they had kept him for the whole thing. I think I think for me, what made this series so interesting was the complete contrasting styles. You've got Basball mm. on one hand, um, you know, gung ho, you know, you get runs as quickly as possible, 
very attacking bowling, you know, try and get the edge all the time. And, and then you've got Australia, which is very orthodox, very patient, take your time, you know, traditional test match cricket, line and length. Um, and it, the clashes of styles, that's what made this test match. Like if, you know, if there was a team like England, you know, there's no way these test matches would have gone the full five days. Yeah. yeah. It was Australia's style, which, which arguably could say made these test matches close as well at the end. You know, we've had a few run chases at the end, a few close finishes. And that's, I think that's what made it so special, the clashes style and, and yeah. how those teams operated, you know. And I think it also showed that Australia showed that the old way isn't a bad way. No, not at all. It works. Um, and, it can, and it can beat this way of playing cricket. Um, and I think that it did mean that we were constantly getting fifth day like showdowns. Yeah, 100%. Um, like you see Kawaja getting most runs in the series, but like twice as many balls as Zach Crawley, uh, <clears throat> which is insane. Um, but like you said, it was just excitement all the way. Um, I kind of want there to be another Ashes series next year. Me too, man. Me too. You know, we have to wait till like December 2025. Is it four or five? I can't remember. It must be five. five. 24 next year. So it's, yeah, it's two years away, but in like December, January, because obviously it's, it's in Australia. It's so annoying. Um, I've got some, I've written some notes about, you know, the key points in each test match. I'll just go run through them, like the actual craziness of what happened. So the first test was Edge Baston. Um, yeah. Atmosphere was rocking, especially in the Holly Stand. Um, proper ashes cricket, you know. Everyone, the chance were going. Australia were getting hammered by everyone. Um, and then, so the first ball, yeah. Pat Cummins to Zach Crowley smashes it before, and that just set the tone for I think the whole the whole series really. Yeah, such a good start. Um, what what was your take on that on that on that first ball? I think just number one, Zach Crowley hitting it for and it kind of carrying on all right that was the main thing the fact that he wasn't four and out but um yeah like i said it set the tone for how england wanted to play this game um and he has been under pressure as a as an opening batsman yeah, hugely like, he he has struggled to, to open the batting he's never really been able to carry on with a good start he'd get to his 20s and get out um and he and he did start a bit like that. He he, he normally made a good start and got out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it was a good way to start the first test, and I think it made everyone realise that this is how we're going to play, no matter what. I think following after that, um, in the first innings for England, Joe Root made 118 not out. I think that was when he tried to reverse. Was it a reverse ramp? Is that is that the term now that everyone's using? Well, what he like scoops it, but then like, yeah. it. I think it was like the first day of the second, like the first ball of the second day or something like that. Tried yeah. to reverse reverse ramp it for six, missed it. And I think and he missed the stump, not by much, and they did it again. He did it again. I was like, oh my god, Charlie, you're absolutely ballsy human. But um yeah, 118, not out. And this <clears> was <throat> the you know, the controversial declaration on uh, 393 for eight. Joe Root was still in. I think he had a lower order batsman, I can't remember who it was, maybe Ollie Robson um, in with him. But do you think we should have declared? Because 
that is classic basketball up until that point. You know, we were declaring on high 300s, yeah. getting the opposition in the last half hour of the day, taking a couple of quick wickets. That that was basketball's, you know, routine at that point. So do you mm. think it was right uh, in hindsight of, of that part? Um, I was surprised that they did it. Um, but, I mean, it's, they put trust in their bowlers. I, I don't think they picked the right bowlers for the first test for it. I don't know how fit, obviously, Woody was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we weren't expecting our bowlers to fall kind of as flat as they did on the second day. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't particularly mind. Like three hundred ninety odd is a. I think that was probably. Huge that, score. Is that the second highest score of the series of the whole series? I think it might have been. Yeah. Um, because it was well up there. And like that, that would be a note if if we'd carried on the series and just declared it that that would be a quite a good total to declare on. Um, I think just because it was so early, it caught everyone off guard. Yeah, really had four days to get that. Now, um, so I don't think it was a bad idea. I just think Australia played well. Uh, they, I think they definitely deserved to win that first match. Yeah, and and played well. They did. I think in that after we declared, Usman Khawaja got one hundred forty-one. Yeah. Um, which put them in a huge. They put they made a huge total um, by themselves, um, and then it went down to the last day, <clears throat> where Pat Cummings and Nathan Lyon completed a run chase um, with twenty seven balls to go. Um, that was frustrating from an England point of view because we just couldn't get them out, and they were, no. they were you know they were hitting the ball all over the park, but we just couldn't get that wicket. Um, and fair play, Pat Cummings proper stepped up as a captain. And then they, yeah, as Sam said, they got the win in that first test match. Yeah, and I honestly think, I honestly think Pat Cummins is one of the the better test captains. Like he can, is is kind of knowledge is second to none. His ta- tactics are, are pretty decent. But he got he came into some pressure though for being too yeah. too defensive almost at times, allowing yeah. a quick single, I suppose. But yeah, but I I like the way like he just. He's straight to the point. He will answer you like, "Do you think that's the right yeah. thing to do?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, trusted it." He's never, he's never second, second guessed it. Um, and his batting is second to none. Honestly, he's one of the best kind of bowling bats, bowling batters yeah. in cricket. It's he's true. quite commonly, quite commonly getting like thirty odd runs. Yeah, exactly. And it, 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 I think that's when your captain can get your five wickets and also add thirty runs as a number eight. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're playing winning cricket. He's a world class bowler. No, yeah. no way, nowhere around it. He's a world class bowler, and he's doing bits with the bat as well. Um, and but possibly you've got the pressure of trying to captain the side. That's such a difficult combination to try and balance. And I think he, mm-hmm. I think he did it well. I think he got a bit of flack from Australian pre- press. I think maybe they're seeing the contrasting styles from Ben Stokes to Pat Cummins, and maybe they yeah. want want him to be a bit more like Ben Stokes. But I, you can't knock him. I think he's think he's. Yeah. You know, had a good series for sure. Um, yeah, and they won the Test Championship, and then won the, and then retained the Ashes. I think it's a, it's a successful tournament. Moving on to the second Test at Lords, this is when things started to get spicy, <laughs> very spicy on the on one of the slowest, deadest tracks ever. Yeah. Um, obviously, England brought in Josh Tung for this Test match who was probably the pick of the bowlers for England, to be yeah. honest. He did really well. Um, I think Steve Smith, Steve Smith, sorry, made 
a good contribution in the first inning. He's got 110. I think that helped Australia to 416, which was which was a good which was a good score for them. Um, but ultimately, I think the, the short ball tactics caused so caused so many issues for both sides. I think this was like when they couldn't get anyone out going line and length, they just chucked in a short ball and it just yeah. seemed to work like every time. Um, <laughs> it was stupid. So it was it was a, a weird test. I think obviously the big controversy is in that test. Yeah. Come obviously to England and Berstow and whether that was a, I don't understand this in the spirit of the game because I think it in the spirit of the game it works both ways. Um what do you think about the stumping? Obviously got a bit of England bias in there, but I I don't think that was out. Like he should he shouldn't have gone for Alex Carey, let's be real. Yeah. He, he it was the end of the over. He stood for a brief moment in his in his crease and then walked out to the middle to to go fist bump. Um I can't remember who it was it, Ben Stokes at the other end. And Alex Carey, Alex Carey sneakily lobbed the ball at the stumps and, and got him run out. But I don't know. I think it was sneaky. Um, if England were to do it, would you would you feel what would how would you feel then? Would you exactly. feel so, that's, I that's I mean, similar to the Ben Stokes in the last tests with the his catch and he still reviewed it despite yeah. very yeah. knowingly dropping it. Um you would say that's against the spirit of the game. In terms of if he, if they deemed it to be a catch, then he would have got away with one. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think the rule was if it goes through the keeper and it's normally called a dead ball, it's not mm-hmm. like as normal. But from the video, he does throw it pretty much straight away. Straight away, yeah. Looking to do it, um, I don't think there's a pause. I think just because it, it, he's. I mean, you wouldn't do it if you were if you were playing against spin. You wouldn't walk out your crease no. that early. <clears throat> no. so I, I feel like just because he's 20, 20 yards back, um, that you should walk out that I don't think there's a, a need for it. And also normally when the the batters walk out into the middle, what's the point? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Why are they walking out to the middle? Obviously it's the end of the over and they're gonna have a chat. But you just wait, wouldn't you? Until at least if I think if the umpires had moved and were walking around, you'd understand um but I think in terms of the game, I think Carey did something a bit sneaky, but within the laws. And I feel like that's, we kind of have to deal with that. And based yeah. I think, I think sorry, I think, you know, bearing in mind where England were at in that, that stage of the game, they were chasing, the, you know, they were chasing Australia. We needed a win, you know, for to stay, to stay in the ashes, you know, could still go 2-0 down like they did, but you know, they it was a pivotal point in the game. So I think that you know, if it happened the first innings, I don't think it would have no. necessarily got the attention that it did. <clears throat> no, but it was a pivotal moment. Yeah, and also, you know, Australians are coming out and saying, providing clips of Bearstow. You know, when he's keeping, you know, going through that, that sneaky throw, not hitting and not getting anyone out, but he's still attempting it. So they were saying, hang on, like you know, spirit of the game there. Um, I don't know. It's a weird one. I think because I'm, you know, an England fan, it sits on the the bad side for me. But, you know, if he'd have just stayed in his crease for a couple of seconds longer and waited for the umpire to signal the end of the over, then 
this, this wouldn't happen, you know. Yeah. And we and we very much could have won that. Like they were both playing Bester and Stokes were playing really well. Um, we almost got that total. I think if Bester stayed in, we would have got those what forty runs mm-hmm. from either him or Stokes there, and then get the the rest of the runs from the rest of the team. Um, so I think it definitely was a, the winning moment for Australia um, because the rest of the, the other people that came in with Stokes kind of got rattled. I kind of uh, love that because it, it kind of took that moment for Ben Stokes to go, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going and he 2019. Crawford, <laughs> we went, fuck it. I don't think I've ever seen anyone go from like 70 to 150 that quickly <laughs> in a test. Um, it was ridiculous. It, it was, he was, the, map, the, the fact that he was able to do that consistently for that long that was one of the, the best innings of i've ever seen unreal um, absolutely unreal that, that was that wasn't the only dramatic moment in that test you had um mitchell stark's catch of ben duckett yeah. which he caught and then sort of scraped along the floor and you know it was deemed a catch everyone's like okay that's out and then it got reviewed and then mitchell stark seemed like the bad guy then you also had the drama at the long room in lords so yeah. the whole you know, these whole um, members that have been members at Lord's Cricket Club their whole life, Ponty in their probably 70s, 80s, yeah. um, have like an exec suite um, just right next to the pitch. Esmond Kawaja and the Australian team come through and they get belted with abuse from these from these members, which has never been seen before, ever. Oh, and... <laughs> The fact that it's never been like I've never heard of it happening before is ridiculous when you think about it, because they they're so close to them all the time. You think somebody would have hurled abuse by now? Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was that was crazy to see, and and I'm glad it didn't come up to anything more, and it kind of did settle no. down. Um. But I think the Australians handled it very well. Um. I'm hoping the Lords handled it very well. I don't really know what happened if they banned anyone. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know that they were looking or potentially banning or, you know, they they found the people that, had, that were doing the abuse anyway, but I don't know what the exact punishment, punishment no. was. But I think yeah. this was all after the Alex Carey incident. I think it all escalated yeah. from that from that point. I think so. Um, and I feel bad for Alex Carey because he got booed every single time. He either got the ball, came out, um, and I feel like that probably should have stopped after lords because yeah i did feel a little bit bad and everyone was saying like ricky ponting on sky commentary was saying that alex carey's just a quiet lad who loves his cricket it couldn't have happened to a you know a nicer bloke do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and he, he did something in the moment that was that he thought was clever but in england's backyard you're gonna get yeah you're gonna get some abuse for that you know <clears throat> true moving on to test three <clears throat> this is in leeds um Enter Mark Wood and Chris Wokes. Um, completely changed this series for England. I think Mark Wood got a five wicket haul in that first first innings. Yeah. Incredible, incredible from from the boys. Is, is that the first like four over or seven over stint? I went for like two runs or something. Bowling ninety six mile an hour balls. Um, I think it rattled Australia in those first few overs. Hundred percent because they were used to they were used to like. <clears throat> Low 80s, yeah. low 80s from Ollie Robinson, you know, he watching that ball easy. And you've got 96 coming at you, 96 mile an hour. I think that's been the problem with our bowling attack in tests for a while now, is that a lot of our bowlers were the same. You've got Jimmy Anderson coming in at 85 miles an hour. 
if he can if he can swing it, it's insane. But if he doesn't, it's quite simple. Um, Stuart Broad bowls around that number as well. Uh, good line and length. You get Chris Wokes bowls around that number. Can mm-hmm. swing it. Uh, Ollie Robinson, the exact same. Um, and having somebody like uh, Mark Wood, who can absolutely just belt the ball at you, um, I think it's a big difference because they, I think they had two tests of getting their timing right. Mm-hmm. I think that's another re- like he comes in and you have to try and hit the ball a lot quicker, um, like ten miles an hour quicker from the boys it is ridiculous. Um, so I think I don't know if that was a tactic. They were like, we'll leave you out for two tests and get them settled, and then we will bring you in, and you'll absolutely rattle them. Or um, if he was injured, but yeah, I think that it definitely changed the game. Um, changed the dy- dynamic of the series for sure. Yeah. Bringing them and in, I think, like Chris Wokes, absolutely insane that he is what thirty-five and hasn't been a Test bowler for that long. Yeah, I think Chris Wokes. You know, I think he's suffered with injuries over the past couple of years, so he's been in and out of cricket. But you know, he is. So underrated, it's unreal. He's got pace for you know, he's not he's not Mark Wood quick, but he bowl consistently at mid 80s and yeah. he will swing the ball. He's got line and length, you know, he's he's dead accurate yeah. and he just he just seems to, to be there on the big occasion and he can bat as well. Yeah, so well, he's such a good batter. Um, <laughs> he's, he's like in a certain way, like that Pat Cummings being able to do both so yeah. well yeah. is it's rare and it's rare in test cricket i think that you get somebody who can do both um i think we probably missed ben stokes bowling a bit if yeah, he could have did, been yeah. more it would have been good but yeah chris works to change change the whole dynamic of the of the ashes really and you think um, back to that first day especially um in leeds like that that pitch was so green yeah. imagine mark hood bowling 96 mile an hour on a green wicket like you wouldn't have bounced. It would have just gotten stuck and slid straight into the stumps. We ran that ball to root from what was it Hazelwood. They literally yeah. went up like an inch. Uh, so I think it's a shame. You always think about what could have been in those first two tests if we had that team playing. Um, and I think it's a shame because it, it really did. It turned it on its head um, because it allowed our, our batters to stay the same, kind of bat their way through, and our bowlers had a bit more had a bit more diet. A dynamic bowling attack um because yeah. everything's a bit different i think in this in this test of two um broad got warner for the 17th time um incredible scenes probably one of the most iconic you know combinations broad yeah. getting warner uh especially for on an england point of view um sat so we touched on it earlier there's quite a few drop catches on uh johnny Bairstow's sort of you know part um could we have had folks in better wicketkeeper for sure? He's still a good batsman, but you know, I feel for Johnny. You know, he's coming back from a serious injury. Like he probably was brought back to the side. Yeah, you know, probably potentially never playing cricket ever again. That's that's yeah. what he's looking at. And the fact that he's come in and gone straight into the the Ashes team is is big. It's a big step. Um, I, I do. Feel, I think he got a lot of stick from those first three three matches all the way until the end. I think. I think the last test is the only, only test he really showed that he could do it all again. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think he he wasn't great in that test. To be fair, none of our bowlers really were. No, no. Was that the test that Root dropped three? I think so, yeah. In the slip. Uh, so I think our slip catching was a bit poor that day anyway. 
Um, so it can't all be blamed on Johnny. But he did have a, a rough go of those these first few tests. But like yeah. I said, we we were losing the first two, so yeah, exactly. got to blame, and he he unfortunately got most of the brunt of it. Uh, and now we we won two of them. You don't really hear about it anymore. Exactly. Um, it ended up in an England victory. Um, who else? Mark Wood and and Wokes um, batting uh, to complete the run chase. Nice four from Chris Chris Wokes. Um, won England the game with three wickets to spare, which was which was a mad scenes. Um, then we go to Test Four, Manchester. It started so well. Moeen oh, wow. Ali at three, which was bonkers. <laughs> I, I still don't understand the decision. Um, I'm not. It's not even sure. I'm. I'm happy that it happened, but it's just mental. You got your Zach Crawley, 189 runs. What an inning! Off that 190 balls as well. Something ridiculous. Absolutely incredible. Um, and that's the Zach Crawley you want. I mean, I think that's the you've got to have. He he does have that kind of seesaw effect. He'll mm-hmm. either hit 180 <clears throat> off 180 balls, or he'll get 20 yeah. uh, off like um, and set you up that way. So it's it's difficult to judge, especially like what day he's going to be on. Yeah, 100%. how he's going to feel. Um, so I'm glad he did it because it silenced a lot of haters and a lot of critics, um, and he definitely deserved it. What a knock. Um, that set um, England a huge total of 592 yeah. um, in their first innings. Um, annoyingly, Bairstow finished on 99 not out because yeah. Jimmy got out, <laughs> which was so frustrating. Um, but yeah, and then Australia moved into their second innings. Um, we started really well. Stuart Broad took his 600th wicket. Incredible scenes. Um, Australia had a little bit of a fight back. Marlon Labuschagne uh, had 111. Um, but ultimately, rain saved Australia in this one, and the match was drawn. It did. It was frustrating having that much rain, and it just it was relentless. And even the Australians have said like it did probably save their their uh, yeah. their day. Um, and it it unfortunately it was just that kind of test where it allowed them to retain the ashes, so it put a big dampener on it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. No and it dumped the series as well because it, it deserved five full tests. That's what you want. You want a, a deciding test. <clears throat> That's the point of having five. Yeah. You know, would you agree that, you know, knowing the World Test Championship, they had an extra day, didn't they? For reserve rain day. Do you think that would work or do you think that... It... I think it makes sense. I think it's silly to be like, we'll, we'll, we'll play this whole test, but two <laughs> days are rained out, so we're actually not going to finish it. Mm-hmm. And I think you should finish it. You should have maybe one or two days. So it's like the, um, obviously the county championship is four days. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that works and you get two innings each, and obviously there's quite a few draws in, in county yeah. championship, but there's also a lot of big wins and 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 stuff like that. And it, it makes you play a bit faster. It probably would, that's why basketball I think would help in that sense if you only had four days to complete. Um, but yeah, I think there should be an extra day put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I'm saying that as an England fan um, and it would have helped us maybe win that test but I think it would help in general just to get those wins even if the shoe, shoe was on the other foot I'd, I'd be I'd be happy that England retained the ashes but also I'll be a little bit miffed because you want to see the best play the best don't you, you want to see the best outcome 
and that yeah. fifth and final test match, the decider, would have been epic to watch, you know. I, I don't think I've ever seen a decider test match like that. It would have been too old going to the last one. Um, I think that would have been insane for the sport of cricket in, gen in general, but also for the players and, mm -hmm. and the fans. It would have been an absolutely insane last five days. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, Australia retained the Ashes. <clears throat> England could only draw the series if they were to win the fifth and yeah. final test at the Oval. Um, and it got off to a good start. Um, Joe Root made an incredible slip catch um, yeah. um, from Mark Woods. Probably catch of the catch of the series for me. Um, incredible scenes. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you've got the Steve Smith run out incident that happened uh, with Bearstow. Sort of, you know, we did it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really understand that. Surely the ball was in his hands. Is it? Is it the laws of the game? Well, it's so hard to define. Does he have control of the ball when he's the gloves are so big, like this? Yeah. And he just hits the hits the stumps with his glove. But is it? Like, is it necessary? I, that... I don't understand how you can say he doesn't have control when through the motion the ball's still in his hand yeah. the whole time. But um, yeah, so I feel like I would have probably said that's a, that's a run out. Mm -hmm. It was so like, close quite... though. It was so yeah. close the way. It was so close. I quite like how like Ponting was saying like you don't go for a quick single when um, the play you've hit it to is unknown and they run an eight second hundred meters because of the obviously the famous. Him getting run out by the substitute fielder uh, in the Ashes. Love that. Um, that was just great. England set a, uh, a huge um, second innings total of 395, which um, put Australia in a tough spot for their second innings. And it started off pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. The only, the only day of the Ashes that was kind of a bit boring because England did not play well, did not bowl well, and Australia just battered them around for, I think it was 140 for none or something something like that yeah going into the last day I was like come yeah. on you can't, England don't let this go now <laughs> so stressful so stressful um, I think was it Wokes got nice quick wicket in mm -hmm. the morning got David Warner um, Kawaja went swiftly afterwards I think Moen Ali and, and Chris Wokes um, put in a good shift on that last day the spin I mean, that was getting Oh, wait, wait, then it rained. Mm -hmm. Oh, like it was. What was it? It was like 170 now for three or something. It went to lunch, and then it rained, so they came out late for lunch. I think play started again at 20 past four. Um, and they needed seven wickets, and I was just like, "This is ridiculous." Now we're, we're I don't understand because obviously I had like the win percentage bracket, and Australia was still like, England was still favourites to win. I was like, "They got seven wickets, and they need like a yeah. 150 runs." I, but they know, should have gotten there. You know what we had in our favour, Sam? The umpires. That ball change <laughs> changed. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I the overhead of watching that the, the the box of balls come out and every single one of them having a bright gold uh, Duke uh, logo logo. I was like, that is ridiculous. Like that, you you can't have that. And that is, it was wrong. It was so and wrong, it, and it looked nothing like it. It was like a. A ball that probably been used for maybe ten minutes rather than <laughs> a few days, um, and it and it swung all over the place. It swung all over the gaff, like massive swing as well. The biggest swing in the series on an England point of view. Yeah, and it and and that drastically changed the difference. And it, that was a game changer. Oh, like woke bowling was mad. 
Um, the fact that Moinelli was able to get some turn with it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I 100% that Australia got a bit shafted with that one, not going to lie. Yeah, they did, big time, <laughs> big time. I'll be say, obviously, Lavashane asked to look at the ball um, a few tests ago because um, he wanted to see what it was getting changed to so he'd know if it was swing or not. The fact that I don't think anyone did, I feel like if one of the batters had checked, mm-hmm. they would have been like, this is a new ball, mate. Yeah. <laughs> unwrap this um it may have had more to say but because it, because it was picked so late on day four um and there was only like seven seven overs bowled with it nobody really said anything until that last day and it was already done um but yeah i think got one in our favor and it and it and it worked um and i just obviously the news on day four that it would be Stuart Broad's last 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 test. Did he say that on day four or day three? He might. Have, I think he said it day three. He said it on the end of. Oh, yeah, it could have been on the end of day three, didn't he? Because he was going out to bat three. with Jimmy on the day yeah. four. Yeah. Because I remember I was like, "Oh, he's done this. He's going to bowl really well tomorrow." And then they didn't get a wicket all day. Um, and I was just like, "This is great. Nice, nice last test nice there." Forward. <laughs> and then Wokes and Moen Ali were just tearing through the batting lineup, and I was like, "Please." Please let Broad come back on and have a bowl. He needs to get at least one wicket mm. um, and miraculously gets um, gets his first wicket at lovely edge. I think it's all he's looking for. I think he bowled oh, the right. same ball about to 20 times. To the left hander as well. To the left hander. Yeah. Always swinging away. Love it. Yeah. Um, gets the outside edge, plays a rups for, his, for a wicket, gets his wicket on his last day. Absolute scenes. And... The fact that he got the last wicket, I think, is insane. Fairy tale stuff, mate. Like you said, you texted me, didn't you? Fairy tale, like literally, yeah. like it's unbelievable. He stripped it. Like, he hit a six with his last ball at batting, and then won the match with a wicket. I think they said he's the only player to ever do that. Obviously, I don't know how many stats there are on that, but the only player to ever hit a six with his last ball in cricket and hit a, a, a ball a wicket with his last ball in cricket. Um, but I think he was saying that Ben Stokes is that was his last over. Yeah, Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes had told him that he was coming off for, and he was going to get Mark Wood in there again to get some pace in. So the fact that that we were almost not going to see that. No. Um. So it was fate. It was fate. You could, there's nothing else you could say about it. Um, I think I think Alex Carey could have left that ball quite nicely, and it done nothing would have happened. He knew on that run up that this could potentially be his last ball in Test cricket ever, and I think he did his classic bail switch, which has somehow become a thing this this series. I didn't realise. He said that he thought it was an Australian kind of trick for luck, so uh, he did it again. He did it. Um, and the, the, was it the test before or like the, the innings before? Yeah. He hadn't, he hadn't got a wicket for ages. He switched the bails and the next ball gets to like Steve Smith out or something. And it's just like, it works. So I'm gutted we didn't know that was a thing when we played cricket. I would have done no, it no, it <laughs> You know how many kids up and down the country now are going to be doing that? Like, yeah, yeah. It's really mental. 100%. Uh, but yeah, yeah what a guy. What a bloke. Um, yeah. And then he gets, as Sam said, the, the last ball he gets him as well. They gave him an extra over. Series draw on two all. Australia obviously retained the ashes, but I think England morally won the test series, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. <laughs> I think so. I think um, you can say at the end of the day, England played the best cricket. Um, 
I think overall, I think the first few tests were our worst tests. Obviously, we lost. Um, but for the next three tests, we were dominant, I think, at least mostly dominant. Um, but like it was an odd series. No, no one player made two centuries. No, no. The, whole, the highest score was in the 400s. Like it wasn't the most massive, insane score we've ever seen. Um, and like the, the wickets wasn't the highest ever. The fact that Chris Wokes is up there and 19 that wickets. You played three ten. Yeah. Um, I think his his economy was like eighteen. No. Which is mad. I think Josh Hazelwood also only played three tests. Yeah. Got a few weeks less, and his economy was like fifty. <laughs> and I was like, it's mad. Um, so I think Chris Rokes certainly, certainly deserved player of the series. I, I mean, think... for someone who came in so late, and made so much of an impact. Was... I think I think that's the key impact. I think Mark Wood had such a massive impact in Leeds, but mm. Chris Wood, um, Chris Wokes on a whole, over the last three, he had probably a bigger impact than, than Mark Wood. Um, yeah, even in that in that in that third test, um, Chris Wokes got a good amount of wickets and he scored the winning runs, and Mark Wood was touted as the better player. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Chris Wokes has done bits here. Been harsh right there. Yeah, very much so. So uh, I think he, he, I'm glad he got the credit he deserved there. Yeah, 100%. There were, there's a couple of honourable mentions, Zach Crawley, Usman Kawaja, even Stuart Broad, if you want to put it, throw him in morally. But Chris Wokes, I don't think you can really complain, to be honest. Uh, no. That one. As we wrap this episode up, do you have a moment in particular of the series for you? or? Um, it, was, it probably has to be Stuart Broad's yeah. final wicket. Um just because of the scenes and, and just the fairy tale stuff that is. I have an honourable mention for um, Johnny Bairstow's insane catch in that last uh, Just because I feel like that gave him a bit of redemption. Like yeah. that last, the last test, he was flawless. I think don't think he dropped one. I think he caught that insane one, batted well. I think he had a bit of redemption in that last test mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm happy that happened. But yeah, yeah Stuart Ward, I think, number one. I think same here for me. I don't think you really can compete. That fairy tale send off was like stuff of dreams. You know, you're yeah. never gonna. When he said, "I'm gonna go out on the top," like you don't get much better than that, do you? No. Um, and then honourable mention for me, probably the Zach Crawley four off the first ball, the Ashes. I think that just I was watching it and in anticipation, pretending to work, and just yeah. saw that <laughs> four. And it, the crowd just erupted. I was like, this is going to be an amazing six weeks uh, yeah. of, of cricket. And also, like, kind of like you said about Johnny Bairstow, a lot of redemption story. Yeah. Zach Crowley was so close to being dropped from the test side. Yeah. Basboard and Stokes come in. They gave him some confidence. And then he ended up just shy of, of top top run score. So, yeah, I do like Zach Crowley for that. Um, yeah. I guess we should touch on... Um, England being deducted points from the, the Test Championship, which is Australia, like they've both been insane amount of points. I think we've got deducted like what eighteen points or something, like ten points. Nineteen? No, no, no. We got nineteen. Is that what we were on, and then we were deducted ten? Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't understand it. Like we were, we were fined for the over eight in a test that was rained off. How does it make any sense? No. I, I think the overweight is is difficult because I think what Joe Root was saying, like, why don't we 
bowl as many bowls as we can. And that, there was good light in the summer here mm-hmm. for a, lo- a long time, well after seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think he's got a point. If 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 we're able to bowl the ball, we bowl the balls. Um, and this, and even despite the slower, I don't, I, uh, I don't really understand enough about the slower rate to. It doesn't seem for someone who doesn't know the rules like you know in that in depth like it doesn't seem like it's achievable though it seems like so many teams are getting fined for slow over rate not just england but australia too and yeah. probably other teams in the world test championship table but is it achievable like what like you know it doesn't seem possible to actually do it no i, I don't i don't i don't know um i think uh having an over rate is weird i think you just bowl as many balls as you can that day yeah see where you get to um obviously don't take the piss no there's 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 an element of that obviously with um i think what australia did they like pretended to move people around for 10 minutes while um so they didn't have to bat again the same day but that's a bit of like there was only going to be a few more overs that day it doesn't make any difference but in the long in the grand scheme of things it didn't detract from a series. Like, it didn't make no. the the series awful. Boring. And I think mm. I think teams that play with part time spinners or mm. not a front line spinner, they're they're at a disadvantage because obviously if you're bowling, you know, a pace bowler who's got a longer run up, you know, if you're bowling a spinner, they can get through the overs so quick, which is why yeah. teams like India, who have two or three spinners, probably hit rattle them, through them. Yeah, rattle through these overs. But when you haven't got a spinner and you've got Mark Wood who steams in and has to get his breath back to do the run, yeah. it, I don't know. It just seems a little bit unfair from from my point of yeah. view. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just one of those. I, I don't really understand it, and I think it's, I think that the penalty is harsh, like ten points. That's a lot. I, I know it's like a two-year thing, the Test Championship, but yeah, it's not a great way to not a great way to start it for England there. Um, Are we going to see? Australia. Are we going to see Jimmy back in back in England? I think so. I don't think he's close to it. I think like he purposely didn't go out in the kind of um, guard of honor for broad. No. Um, I think he's he's still up for it. I think it wasn't his best. It wasn't his best series. I think it was a shame that he didn't do better. Um, he got a few wickets, not enough. I don't think not enough. I don't think to warrant him being in most of the squads. Mm. Um, I think first yes. Put him in there. He got some wickets to be fair in the first in the first game, but then he kind of teetered off a bit. Yeah. And I feel like you take him out for maybe Chris Wokes. I feel like he's his natural next next in line is probably Chris Wokes bowl similar to him. Yeah. Um so I think it was a shame. I'm I, I think he'll get to, I'm hoping he gets to 700 wickets. Yeah, I'm hoping he can you know get past Shane Warren at number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And get number two and then and then retire. I think yeah, I think right. that's hopefully where he'll go to. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed. All right, that uh, sums up this uh, this Ashes special. Test cricket's back. Um, we love oh, it. And gone again. Don't have another one till January. And gone again. Yeah. Next up is India in the yeah New Year. Um, so yeah, can't wait for 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 that one. Baseball is back. Will team try I to copy it? The team tried to copy it. I have no idea. But um, yeah, that wraps up this cricket podcast. A little bit different, but me and uh, Sam have been obsessed this summer with oh, yeah. the with the series of events. Um, we will hopefully be back um, covering Premier League and the NFL, which is in September. 
Um, but yeah, uh, we'll keep you updated on that one. And we might have a, a bit of a Premier League special next week with the corridor of uncertainty, lads. So keep your oh, eyes, no. eyes peeled for that one. Um, but yeah, have a good weekend. Uh, enjoy the weekend of sport and we'll catch you again next time in a bit. In the-